Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert. And my name is Heidi. And we survived snow ice mageddon, and uh, we hope you did too. If you're listening to this, the chances are pretty good. Absolutely. I was it was amazing what it sounded like. I mean, literally our house got it got a thin layer of ice completely all over it. The windows are iced almost three quarters of the way up and the sound of that last night, I was just reading in bed and just listening to the sound of just ice in the yeah. form of it's rain just before it turns into ice and then poof, it's frozen right there. But. I thought we were going to have a lot more on our trees outside, but uh, it's just a good thick crust of snow, snow. out there. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. yeah, the tops of the trees, you can see it, but the lower, they're not iced here. It's a very odd thing. It wasn't what I expected, but it's also, there's a lot of pine trees and they're designed that way that the upper levels can be completely ice coated. You're not going to see it underneath because there's so many needles. So one other new thing that we have that I would like to chat about real yes. quick is the Facebook group that we just started yesterday. I'm excited to see people engage with this. It's a journey through the message. It's on Facebook. If mm-hmm. uh, you would like to continue the conversation after the podcast, if you have any questions, maybe you'd like to ask us a question. We put that out there simply to become just a little bit more accessible. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I can't go check all the different places where there's messages and this and that. So right. I really just wanted a place where people could engage mm-hmm. if they wanted to. And uh, we can put some behind the scenes stuff, maybe even <laughs> some of the mistakes that we You do. may want to see some of that. The so. blooper reel. Oh, yeah, we are. Uh, we're blooper professionals. We have perfected the blooper. I'm thankful for a husband that can edit like a genius. And and a husband that has a sense of humor. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about our relationship. That is one of the gifts that I have from God that I am so (laughs) thankful for. I've always had just an ability to look at life with a different set of eyes, I think, than some people. And 99% (laughs) of the time, I absolutely love that about you. And the other 1%, I'm like... Oh, there God. are times there are times when I definitely do need a filter and oh. uh, some of the things that go through my head uh, make me cringe every mm-hmm. now and then so yep so but everybody does that that one percent that you're like oh that wasn't just in my head I literally said I that out said loud that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well father God thank you for giving us personality today <laughs> thank you for making each of us unique. And allowing us to see the same world that we all live in, but you've given us each a different set of eyes to be able to look at that world Mm. and experience it and take it in. So just ignite that sense of you are special inside of us because it's Mm. only Mm. you that are going to see the world the way that you see it today through Mm. your eyes. So make it a beautiful day today and see what God has done for you. I love everything about that. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us a world of beauty. I was struck this morning by how much you've given us that isn't necessary for living, but it just adds to the joy and pleasure of life. Mm -hmm. Being able to enjoy the taste of your meal, the views outside in nature when you stop to notice the details. God, I'm so thankful for those. Those are my moments in life, and I love them. So bless our reading today, bless anyone who's out there listening, and just 
put in us a fire to learn more about you and this beautiful world that you have placed us in. I ask this all in your holy name. I pray. Amen. Amen. How are you today, Heidi? I am doing much better. I woke up this morning with a bit of an edge. I'll just put it that way. It's yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think everybody has those moments been uh, dealing with this ridiculous in my mind. I I don't have time to deal with a sprained wrist, but apparently I don't have a choice. I think uh, God is finally telling you it's time to deal (laughs) with the sprained wrist. So as um, someone who is retired from the medical field, I'm going to tell you, don't wait two weeks after an injury to get medical care like I did, because here I am 14 days out and I'm in worse shape than when I injured it. And I have been just... (laughs) I've been saying, I'll bring you, I'll help you. I'll, and it's totally her decision here. And finally, she came to me this morning and said, today is the day we are going to get my, I'm good. That's, I am so happy we're going oh, to get that taken care of. He's not lying about any of that. He's been patiently hearing me. It, I mean, this has been building up. It's, it's really getting pretty yeah. bad. And I'm finding that I feel for people who live with chronic pain that's Mm -hmm. never going to resolve what that can do to you mentally and emotionally, that gets hard to handle. I've only had two weeks of this and it's only my wrist, but it's my dominant hand. So it has profoundly affected me, but it's not like what so many people do. And this has been rough for me. So for any of you that deal with chronic pain, and this is just a daily thing that doesn't seem to be something that's going to resolve, I feel for you. And I just pray God's blessings over you, that he will just give you a heart and a mind that just trusts in him. And that alone just helps you ride through that. And I know that peace is part of it that you've lost dealing with. So people that are dealing with pain like that also have lost a a little bit of their peace because Mm. it invades your mind, right? Because you constantly have this little ache or this Mm -hmm. sharp pain or whatever it is you're dealing with. Right. But it robs you of some of that peace Mm -hmm. that you've had. Oh, without a doubt, because it certainly robs you of sleep. Mm -hmm. You don't, you may not even realize it, but the last two weeks have not been restful for me. I'm waking up all the time and I'm just realizing it's literally because as I try to roll over or move and sleep, I've, my wrist is, yeah, it is what it is. So just pray over my wrist and I promise you I'm going to go get this taken (laughs) care of today. We'll update you with that. We'll see if uh, she's speaking the truth or not. Oh, no accountability. (laughs) That's right. So Heidi's going to be starting out today in Matthew, and she'll be reading Matthew 15, verse 21 through 39. All right, here we go. This is just titled Healing the People. I'm starting to see a theme. Jesus took such joy in healing people and just restoring them. And, oh, we have such a good God. From there, Jesus took a trip to Tyre and Sidon. They had hardly arrived when a Canaanite woman came down from the hills and pleaded, Mercy, Master, Son of David, my daughter is cruelly afflicted by an evil spirit. Jesus ignored her. The disciples came and complained, Now she's bothering us. Would you please take care of her? She's driving us crazy. 
Jesus refused, telling them, I've got my hands full dealing with the lost sheep of Israel. Then the woman came back to Jesus, dropped to her knees and begged, Master, help me. He said, it's not right to take bread out of children's mouths and throw it to dogs. She was quick. You're right, Master, but beggar dogs do get scraps from the master's table. Jesus gave in. Oh, woman, your faith is something else. What you want is what you get. Right then, her daughter became well. After Jesus returned, he walked along Lake Galilee and then climbed a mountain and took his place ready to receive visitors. They came, tons of them, bringing along the paraplegic, the blind, the maimed, the mute, all sorts of people in need, and more or less threw them down at Jesus' feet to see what he would do with them. Mm -hmm. He healed them. When people saw the mute speaking, the maimed healthy, the paraplegics walking around, the blind looking around, they were astonished and let everyone know that God was blazingly alive among them. But Jesus wasn't finished with them. He called his disciples and said, I hurt for these people. For three days now they've been with me, and now they have nothing to eat. I can't send them away without a meal. They'd probably collapse on the road. His disciples said, But where in this deserted place are you going to dig up enough food for a meal? Jesus asked. Didn't they just have the feeding of the, the 5,000? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that and, there's, just and there's less people here. We'll find out how <laughs> Jesus takes care of this one. He's the best caterer ever. His disciples said, But where in this deserted place are you going to dig up enough food for a meal? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they said, plus a few fish. At that, Jesus directed the people to sit down. He took the seven loaves and the fish. After giving thanks, he divided it up and gave it to the people. Hmm. Everyone ate. They had all they wanted. It took seven large baskets to collect the leftovers. Over 4,000 people ate their fill at that meal. After Jesus sent them away, he climbed in the boat and crossed over to the Magadan Hills. The one thing that I was struck by in that is that the hospitals back then, the wherever they went to go get fixed, like the nurses union must have been a little bit upset with Jesus. Like, listen, we're just trying to do our job here. And here you come into town and all of a sudden everybody's well and everybody's doing good. <laughs> the nurses union. I was just going to comment on the fact that paraplegics look at the specialized, amazing yes. care that they receive yep. now. None of that existed. Absolutely none of that kind of care existed for these paraplegics. And what a life of suffering and misery because yep. survival relied on working. Yep. And your survive. quality of life when you're like that and dealing mm -hmm. with that, especially back in those days with literally nothing to help you. I know. I wonder how many paraplegic females even survived because you had to rely on people caring for you and women were second class citizens. So mm -hmm. was somebody really going to give up their life to make sure you got dragged around and fed and cared for and 
got you to beg just reading through the Bible and in the healings, we never heard of a female paraplegic ever. Yeah. I just, it's just one of those things I wonder. I'm sure there were, but you just wonder. And now I'll be picking up in Acts and reading Acts chapter 21, verse 27 to the end of the chapter. When the seven days of their purification were nearly up, some Jews from around Ephesus spotted him in the temple. At once they turned the place upside down. They grabbed Paul and started yelling at the top of their lungs, Help! You Israelites, help! This is the man who is going all over the world telling lies against us and our religion and this place. He's even brought Greeks in here and defiled this holy place. What had happened was that they had seen Paul and Trophimus, the Ephesian Greek, walking together in the city and had just assumed that he had also taken him to the temple and shown him around. Oh, assumptions. Assumptions. Mm. Y'all know what they say about that, right? We're not even going to say that right now. It makes us something out of you and umption. (laughs) (laughs) I had a teacher that did that to a girl that I went to school with once, and I thought that was incredibly cruel. He made her write that word on the board and then told her where to put the lines in and said, look, that's what you just did. And I'm like, that's not a good teaching. Yeah, bad teacher. Bad teacher. Soon, the whole city was in an uproar. People were running from everywhere to the temple to get in on the action. They grabbed Paul, dragged him outside, locked the temple gate so that he couldn't get back in and gain sanctuary. As they were trying to kill him, word came to the captain of the guard, a riot. The whole city is boiling over. He acted swiftly. His soldiers and centurions ran to the scene at once. As soon as the mob saw the captain and his soldiers, they quit beating Paul. The captain came up and put Paul under arrest. He first ordered him handcuffed and then asked who he was and what he had done. All he got from the crowd were shouts, one yelling this, another that. It was impossible to tell one word from another in the mob hysteria. So, the captain ordered Paul taken back to the military barracks. But when they got to the temple steps, the mob became so violent that the soldiers had to carry Paul. As they carried him away, the crowd followed, shouting, Kill him! Kill him! When they got to the barracks and they were about to go in, Paul said to the captain, Can I say something to you? He answered, Oh, I didn't know you spoke Greek. I thought you were the Egyptian who not long ago started a riot here and then hid out in the desert with his 4,000 thugs. Paul said, no, I'm a Jew, I was born in Tarsus, and I'm a citizen still of that influential city. I just have a simple request. Let me speak to the crowd. Oh, he is so bold. He is bold. (laughs) Oh, Paul, there's things about him that I'm like, I don't know if I'd like you in person because you're a little black and white, but his boldness just awes me. Think about this. You have a a crowd of people that are literally rioting to kill you. Yes. And your one request is... I want to talk to them. Please let me talk to them. Standing on the barrack steps, Paul turned and held his arms up. A hush fell over the crowd as Paul began to speak. And he spoke in Hebrew. Mmm... To get the rest of the story, you'll have to tune in Stop to the it. next episode. No. <laughs>
And that's where it ends for today. I know. We just were at that point where we get to hear what Paul says. This is such a Oh, the Bible just gave you a cliffhanger. How do you feel about that? I'm not pleased. (laughs) Oh, man. What an image to be left with. And I do have, just as another little teaser for tomorrow, I do have a pause that goes into what Paul spoke about. So it's the rest of what we read today, and then it goes into Paul's speech Oh, so we have to wait for this for tomorrow. I am excited to hear what Paul has to say. Well, he's going to be standing there with his arms up for a long time if we're waiting until tomorrow. Do you know what else I'm excited for? I can't. The Psalms? We are rewinding back to the Old Testament and... (laughs) You're going to want to edit that yes out. That was a bad sound. Oh, no, it's a good sound. I love that you're excited about Psalms. And we hope that you get excited about Psalms, too. See, we're not the kind of people that go around and spouting off Bible verses and memorizing this and that and the other, but we hope through this to introduce you to some Bible verses that you Mm -hmm. may feel personally are worth memorizing. I agree. There's a lot of Bible verses that I know, but I don't know them, including reference. If you know what I mean, like I don't like Matthew 36 verse four says, it's just not, but I will, there's so many things that just kind of get stuck in my head for whatever reasons they may be. I'm trying to do better at being able to remember where they're found, but it's easy to find them. What's more important is that you just have a joy that makes you want to talk about Mm -hmm. Jesus. If you can't cite the scripture, the chapter and verse, you're still an amazing, beloved Christian. It's okay. God still loves you. Absolutely. And besides in the message, they're not even numbered that way anyways. It was never meant to be numbered. (laughs) So true. All right. So we're going to be reading Psalm 36 today, I believe. Sounds great. All right. The God rebel tunes into sedition all ears eager to sin. He has no regard for God. He stands insolent before him. He has smooth talked himself into believing that his evil will never be noticed. Words gutter from his mouth, dishwater dirty, can't remember when he did anything decent. Every time he goes to bed, he fathers another evil plot. When he's loose on the streets, nobody's safe. He plays with fire and doesn't care who gets burned. God's love is meteoric, his loyalty astronomic. Mm -hmm. His purpose is titanic, his verdicts oceanic, Mm. yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Mm. Not a man, not a mouse slips through the cracks. I love how it reinforces that he is a God of detail. Mm -hmm. And he's so vastly huge, yet the tiniest thing, if, if you have ever seen the size of a crack that a mouse can fit its body into. It's just astonishing. But that little mouse, that those movements aren't hidden from God. He knows. Yep. Oh, how exquisite your love, oh God, how eager we are to run under your wings, to eat our fill at the banquet you spread as you fill our tankards with Eden spring water. You're a fountain of cascading light and you open our eyes to light. 
Keep on loving your friends. Do your work in welcoming hearts. Don't let the bullies kick me around. The moral midget slap me down. (laughs) Send the upstart sprawling flat on their faces in the mud. Mm. I I just really love the Psalms, I have to say. It's another good one today. It is. It's really, really good. It's like I love those things where I can feel like tears kind of welling up in the back, but I just feel like I feel like I'm a full body smile. If that Mm. makes any sense, I just feel connected and joyful that this incredibly vast beyond my ability to comprehend God knows every tiny little hair. And they are all tiny little hairs on my head. And there's nothing that I do that he misses. He knows my pain. He he knows my joy. And he cares because he loves me. And what an amazing thing. And everyone listening, he feels the same way about you. He and, sure does. And I want to share him with you. Yes. So Part of this whole journey through the message thing is, you know, Set Free 24-7 is all about just the stories that happen through life mm-hmm. that bring us from that adversity point to freedom. And this journey through the Bible is a lot of that. It's... Mm-hmm showing adversity and then the freedom and we love doing this back and forth because we're able to show how god has worked in our lives and believe me heidi and i are both the very least of these we're not degreed we're not Mm -mm. fancy college educations and all this other stuff we are just passionate about people we love the lord and we are filled with life experiences that allow us to have an understanding that you wouldn't have without those experiences. And I know experiences. 10, 15 years ago, I would have never chosen to sit next to some of the people that I sit next to today. I know. I would have never chosen to interact with or uh, invite them into my life. Let but alone now, call them friend. And I I have found so much blessing in getting messy mm. with people, if that makes a, if that makes sense. It makes absolute sense. Uh, life is messy. People are messy. Yeah. We all are. Just take the time to sit with messy people and don't worry at them. You, the messiness and, isn't contagious, and but see be the with them. the person behind the mess. Because yes. a lot of times people are just reacting or maybe they're reacting out of desperation. Maybe they're reacting out of a longing. Maybe they're reacting out of, you know, you survival. Don't know. survival. People that are surviving can give you an appearance that is not at all who they really are. Yeah. And when you get the chance to see the realness under it all, be prepared to have your heart just absolutely moved. And it mm-hmm. makes it really easy to say, I'm going to cry thinking about it, but because it so easily could have been me. Mm-hmm. One little thing going different, and that would have been me. And how dare I ever look down on or be condescending to somebody who lives in a way that is so often judged. Because when everything is taken away from you and your hope is lost and gone and you feel so far away from Jesus, don't judge and say, I would never, because none of us know what we would do in moments of desperation and survival. That's true. 
So for the one who I know is listening and is a dear friend of mine, I just want you to know that I love you and I am walking through this journey with you. Mm. As messy as it gets, yeah. I don't care about the messy because I've seen who you are and you're beautiful. I love you, wife. I love you too. <laughs> and now I'll finish up here today with Exodus chapter 34. I haven't even looked to see if this is a long chapter or not, but what there's are, only one. So what are we building today? A, yeah, what is it today? Is this like a, a gigantic Lego kit of the Old Testament Man, temple? It's or? been an adventure for me through this. So I, all I know is if I was alive back in that day, I would not be on the tent building team. Uh, God would find somewhere. God would say, oh, well, we need a fundraiser to help with the tent building. And I'd be like, oh, that's me. I'll go and make sure people feel good. <laughs> I can't see you being one of the priests either and flinging blood on everybody oh, yeah, and no. getting it flung on no. you and your earlobe and your... Yeah, I need a <laughs> disinfectant wipe if we're going to do that. I know. Oh, God, I'm so thankful for a sense of humor today. It was exactly what I needed. Exodus chapter 34. God spoke to Moses. Cut out two tablets of stone just like the originals and engrave on them the words that were on the original tablets that you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb Mount Sinai and get set to meet me on top of the mountain. Not a soul is to go with you. The whole mountain must be clear of people, even animals. Not even sheep or oxen can be grazing in front of the mountain. So Moses cut two tablets of stone, just like the originals. He got up early in the morning and climbed Mount Sinai as God had commanded him, carrying the two tablets of stone. God descended in the cloud and took up his position there beside him and called out the name God. God passed in front of him and called out, God, God, a God of mercy and grace, endlessly patient, so much love, so deeply true, loyal in love for a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Still, he doesn't ignore sin. He holds sons and grandsons responsible for a father's sins to the third and even the fourth generation. At once, Moses fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Please, O oh Master, if you see anything good in me, please, Master, travel with us. Hard-headed as these people are, forgive our iniquity and sin. Own us. Possess us. And God said, As of right now, I'm making a covenant with you. In full sight of your people, I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth, in any nation. Then all the people with whom you're living will see how tremendous God's work is, the work I'll do for you. Take careful note of all I command you today. I'm clearing your way by driving out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Stay vigilant. Can we just say the Hittites? Like the ites. The ites, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking care of all the ites for you. <laughs> Don't let down your guard lest you make a covenant with the people who live in the land that you are entering and they trip you up. Tear down their altars. Smash their phallic pillars. Chop down their fertility poles. Don't worship any other god. God, his name is the jealous one, is a jealous god. Be careful that you don't make a covenant with the people who live in the land 
and take up with their sex and religion life, join in meals at their altars, marry your sons to their women, women who take up with any convenient god or goddess and will get your sons to do the same thing. Don't make molten gods for yourself. Keep the feast of unraised bread. Eat only unraised bread for seven days in the month of Abib. It was in the month of Abib that you came out of Egypt. Every firstborn from the womb is mine, all the males of your herds, your firstborn oxen and sheep. Redeem your firstborn donkey with a lamb. If you don't redeem it, you must break its neck. Please redeem it. But does that mean the lamb gets killed? I mean, somebody's dying here. This lamb is like, can I just get a little redemption, please? <laughs> redeem your firstborn donkey with a lamb. If you don't redeem it, you must break its neck. Redeem each of your firstborn sons. No one is to show up in my presence empty-handed. Work six days and rest the seventh. Stop working even during plowing and harvesting. Keep the feast of weeks with the first cutting of the wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the turn of the year. All of your men are to appear before the master, the God of Israel. Three times a year you won't have to worry about your land when you appear before your God three times each year. For I will drive out nations before you and give you plenty of land. Nobody's going to be hanging around plotting ways to get it from you. Don't mix the blood of my sacrifices with anything fermented. Don't leave leftovers from the Passover feast until morning. Bring the finest of the first fruits of your produce to the house of your God. And don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. We've heard that one a few times now. Oh, that's right, because this was the second time that yeah. these tablets had to be... Yes taken care of because the other ones Moses got a little angry God said to Moses now write down these words for by these words I've made a covenant with you and Israel Moses was there with God 40 days and 40 nights he didn't eat any food and didn't drink any water and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant the 10 words when Moses came down from the Mount of Sinai carrying the two tablets of the testimony he didn't know that the skin of his face glowed because he had been speaking with God. Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, saw his radiant face, and held back. They were afraid to get close to him. Moses called out to them. Aaron and the leaders in the community came back, and Moses talked with them. Later, all the Israelites came up, and he passed on the commands, everything that God had told him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But when he went into the presence of God to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. When he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, they would see Moses' face, its skin glowing, and then he again would put the veil on his face until he went back in to speak mm. with God. And that's the end of chapter 34. This might sound really strange, but I kind of have chills. I've just been thinking about the way he looked after coming from being in the presence of mm. God. I have noticed in people, I've seen it when they come out of the baptism waters, 
I've seen it in people that are speaking and you just know they are just passionately speaking and are filled with the spirit. And there's something about their appearance that is different. There is mm -hmm. a light, not like this, you know, like they glow in the dark kind of thing. I hear you. But there is a change in features in how they look. And that's just in that little moment. Mm -hmm. But to have been immersed for a length of time in the very presence of God, I can't even, I, I can't know, even imagine. I know, because we just see a little, a little sliver of it with I people, know, right? I know, I uh, know. Here's Moses, like, in it with God, mm -hmm. like, pulling back the veil. I, he's getting the full God exposure. Yes, yes, and I believe when somebody is speaking passionately about God and Jesus and their joy in that, that look that you see, that change, that something you're trying to put your finger on, that's the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is so much more alive and real than I ever knew before. I'm so glad I'm filled with the Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you're my wife and that we're doing this journey through the message together. Mm, me too. It's always more fun when you do a journey with someone, and that's why we're glad you're on the journey with us. Oh, amen to that. God made us to be social creatures. Find your people. We're glad to have you part of this tribe and journey through here, but surround yourself with truly good people in your life and... You'll get through it together. And we'll put a link down in the comments for the Facebook group. We would love to have you mm -hmm. join that. Uh, we're going to keep it light and fun and just have a place open for you to be able to yes. continue the conversation with us afterwards if you would like to. Yes, I would love for you to introduce yourself. I would love to know whatever you want to share about yourself, maybe where you, you know, the area you may live in and... And we've had some really great messages from some mm -hmm. people uh, and some people we don't even know. And yeah. thank you for choosing to listen. We really appreciate it. This is a labor of love for us. And yes. we would continue to do this even if it was just her and I sitting across from each other. So the fact, Without that, a doubt. the fact that we have someone, anyone out there listening is a blessing to us. And it's just a confirmation that we're doing the right thing and... Uh, we hope to see you at some point along this journey. Absolutely. Everyone listening, you're a friend of ours. Just some friends you haven't met yet. Amen. So on that note, we're going to sign off. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you next time on a journey through the message. We'll be back soon.